Welcome to the village. Today's episode, yeah, third time's a charm. I have Marsha back again. Me and Marsha, we're going to talk a little bit more about just the teenagers, uh, adolescents, and their experience growing up in the world that we live in today, whether you take into consideration the pandemic, pre, during, and post-pandemic, mm-hmm. and then everything they deal with with social media and a lot more mental health things and just trying to be a kid with the way the world is changing around them. You know, like we talked about in our first debut episode, you're mother of two. I am. I yeah, am. I'm a mother of two not-so-little kids. My kids are young adults, college-age kids. Molly this year became an adult, like 21, and yeah. in an apartment. And she has her own place. She's got her own place, and she'll be a senior in college now, and she's definitely figuring out. She has passed the little kid stage of things and she's sort of figuring out paying her own bills and understanding inflation yeah groceries i think think we're all trying to understand inflation (laughs) right now you had mentioned that too before that she was kind of moving towards that independence and totally different kind of life for her and then my son is 18 and just had his first year of college and sort of made the transition out of mom's house yeah and into empty nest for you empty nest for sure yeah Yeah. and what it's like to have to on a day-to-day basis make your own decisions whether it's something as small as what you're having for breakfast lunch and dinner Mm -hmm. or managing your time and going from covid school in a basement on a computer to the responsibility of difficult college classes and balancing college classes with a college sport and no one you know meeting new people and and all of those kinds of things he went away he went away yeah and he was that group of kids that his last year or two of high school was very challenging and then his first year of college yeah so it was really difficult and jack and i are very close as a mom i want him to be okay the difference between my two kids molly is extremely driven academically and struggles definitely more socially she's a little bit more introverted she's definitely has a harder time finding her niche and her crowd and whereas jack is the opposite you could put him in a room with anybody and he will be able to make conversation and find someone that he can get along with and similarities but for him particularly with the last two years of school being sort of you know i don't want to call it fake but yeah, it wasn't the real but it, it wasn't really going to school and yeah. then suddenly being thrust into mm-hmm. college. You know, I never worried about him making friends or how socially he would do at school and handle things in that way. But you definitely worry academically if they're going to have the sustainability and the drive yeah. and what they need to be successful. After it starts, right? With your freshman year, that's when you learn these transitions time management and all of those things so I definitely worried much more for him how the academic piece and balancing the school with athletics was going to go for him yeah yeah should we ask him how it's going we should ask him (laughs) (laughs) I love that he's your first real quote-unquote kid on the show 
Why don't you introduce him? Oh boy, it would be an awfully long introduction because I think he is seriously one of the best human beings I know. And I am super lucky to be his mom and to like be responsible for him. He is, he's awesome. He doesn't have a clue how awesome he is and he's super humble, but he is truly by far the best 18 year old young man walking the planet for sure in every way possible he is. He is the best. I can't imagine that there is a better son. I am the luckiest mom alive to have him be Well, mine. you raised him. I did raise him. But inherently, I mean, everybody has their thing. And he is his own person. And he is awesome. He's awesome. It's really funny. I'll say this. As the mom of a teenage girl, you know, the girls love you. And they love you because you bring cookies and you do these things. Cookies. Yeah, I make them cookies and like make them dinner and take them places. But a college boy mom, I didn't get to see him quite as much because he was very busy with baseball. But I don't know whether it is uh, boys seek out similar personalities or I don't know if this college in particular and the coaching staff or whatever have done a really good job about respecting your moms. But I actually got a phone call from another baseball player uh, before Mother's Day wishing me a happy Mother's Day and telling me how awesome they thought my son was. That's especially for like an 18, 19 year old boy. It was a boy. It was another boy yeah. on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And does he have a mom? Is like his own yeah. mom? Yeah, he has his own. Jack is here. <laughs> <laughs> we just said I'll let him talk. Because <laughs> I've been bragging about him. He's like my chatty mom and her chatty friend. <laughs> But, yeah, so what do you think? Well, I mean, like I said earlier, the hardest thing, for me at least, was the time management aspect. Because in high school, I would just wake up whenever. With it being online, I didn't really have, like, set classes or set times for anything. So I would wake up at 11, 30, 12 o'clock every day, stay (laughs) up, play video games, go to baseball practice, just hang out with my friends, like, do normal stuff. Like, it was kind of the summer, just with a little bit of schoolwork. It was the summer with a little school. Yeah. For two years. <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is, yeah. So pandemic life. Totally different. It, did you kind of like that or did you, how did you feel about that? Oh, I loved it. It was easy. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to do whatever I wanted. School itself was fine. Like yeah. I got good grades. I got, I passed everything. And then I went to college and everything just became 10 times more busy. Like my fall semester managing three hour baseball practices every day and then lifts and then classes and then homework and like trying to study and keep on top of stuff made it overwhelming almost yeah. to the point where I was missing sleep, like staying up at night to try and get work done. Mm-hmm. And I think they're adjusting to, so at least in our world, it was always me and Jack and his sister. So you're used to the way that you live. Okay. And you, like you have your routines and you're used to the things you do. And for most kids going to college, This is the first time you have to live with a stranger. And not only are you living with a stranger, it's in a teeny tiny little box. It's a tiny box. It's not enough space even for you, right? It it was small. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And no matter how great of a roommate you have, okay, and we're just like living this right now. No matter how great of a roommate you have, no matter how much you like the person you live with, you're adjusting to the fact that you have to accommodate someone else, their schedule, their noise level, their preferences, they're everything about them. And you're trying to do all that in the midst of figuring out your time management skills and 
everyone has different sleep schedules too, right? So what's your roommate like? This isn't your current roommate, the roommate you just had for this year. Yeah, I'm rooming with him next year too. Oh, so that that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. Things he went was, well. He's also <laughs> on the baseball team. So it, okay, we yeah, because you put athletes um, together. We'd go to practice at the same time yeah. and stuff, and like we'd get each other up to go lift. That's nice. It was like kind of a motivation thing to have yeah. somebody always there, but. It is weird, like, sharing a room with somebody that you've never met before. Yeah, right off like, the... Yeah, pretty different sleep schedules. I'd go to bed, but, yeah, I'd stay up till, like, one-ish, like, on yeah. my phone doing homework, and then I'd go to bed. And he would stay up a little later, because okay. he had a girlfriend, so she would want to, like, FaceTime and talk to him. So Does that disturb you? He'd usually do that earlier, and then he'd, okay. like, do his work afterwards at okay. night. So he was pretty quiet when I was trying to sleep. First, when you said girlfriend, I was worried she'd be there. Because some people deal with that too, right? That happened. But I, I think boys are easier than girls yeah. in that respect. I mean, clearly they liked each other enough to run yeah. again. That's a good, yeah. Good so you sign. became good friends with your... Yeah, he and a few other kids I hung out with for the majority okay. of my time. How did it turn out like before you were doing school sports and now college sports are a whole different animal. So how does that feel and... Do you love it more? Is it more of a stress than an enjoyment? Because I know you, you guys that do college sports spend so much time with that. The first semester was pretty hard. It kind of felt like I was working a full-time job with yeah. baseball. But baseball itself is something I've done my whole life and like I enjoy doing. I think in the spring semester, you got to feel a little bit more of the reward of baseball. And experience a little bit more of the fun of it. Well, in the fall, it was just practices. And it was practices three hours a day, every day. Except for we... So for the NCAA, we can only practice six days a week for a certain amount of time. And then in the fall, there's a certain regulation because you can only have so many practices in a year. So we, I think it was only four weeks that we practiced for, and we only had two scrimmages. And then in the spring, it changed to where we were actually playing games and series and like traveling. So it kind of was like more rewarding for like the reason of practice. It's overall was like a, a good experience. Yeah, or I, re- is I really a good enjoyed experience. it. Okay. Oh, good. How do you get your work done? Because we had football players in my college dorm freshman year and they would never be around. Like we would never see those guys hang out with them the way everybody else hung out because they were so busy. Yeah. How did you manage time-wise? Because you said, I mean, time is always a challenge for any of us. Did well, you baseball like- itself is a really long sport because our games were four-game series mm-hmm. for our conference games. So we'd play two games Friday, two games Saturday. And most baseball games can either range between an hour and a half to two or four hours. And There's four-hour baseball game? There are. It, there are so it's it's a long day when those games happen, but yeah. I'm at the field at nine, 10 in the morning. And then I don't get out until seven thirty, eight o'clock because we have to tarp the field. If it's going to rain, we have to retamp the mound, rake the field, stuff like that. I would kind of just do it whenever I had time, like bus rides. I would do most, a lot of my homework on bus rides really? because when we played places like St. John Fisher and yeah, that's and like Houghton, they're two, it's three hours ride. away. Yeah. So I have two, three hours of nothing yeah. to do. So I just sat on the bus and okay. did my work. What are you studying? Right now I'm doing phys ed and coaching. Okay. And teaching, That's- like phys yeah. ed education. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of majors are the other people on baseball? I'm just like curious <laughs> what people are going for. Um, a lot of guys are construction management, business education, sports management. Same thing I'm doing. A lot okay. of sports related stuff. Okay. 
You know, it's something that I'm curious about. That's sort of a little off topic about college per se, but I always wonder like the whole social media aspect mm-hmm. of being a college student. Yeah. In I know that I feel as an adult, especially during and after the pandemic, you're looking at your social media and it is nothing but flooded mm-hmm. with photos of people on vacation. Yeah. Or doing all oh these amazing God. things. Yeah. As your life's ad- amazing. Yes. Like, come on. As an adult, you can realize and grasp the entire concept that these are teeny tiny snapshots and that this is a short period of time. And, you know, no one puts their bad day in their bedhead on Snapchat or Instagram. But I do wonder how it affects my kids. As a parent, you do your best to give them the very best life they can have and give them Mm -hmm. as many advantages as you can. You can only do your best. And, you know, do what you can do for them. But still, you know, every day they're going on social media and looking at kids their age who are seemingly having these very perfect lives. When you're so busy and stressed and have so much going on, how do these other kids manage to do all these great things? Are you on social media? Yeah, I have like Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Tell me about you and then the other kids around you. You must talk about this kind of thing with your friends. I mean, I kind of focus on my own stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I enjoy baseball. I enjoy, like, lifting and doing stuff that, like, betters me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You're so mature. He's wonderful. I know he is. He is the best 18-year-old boy walking the planet. He is the best 18-year-old boy walking the planet. Yeah. Are you guys listening to this? Uh, Anyone who's listening to this, I mean, he's, yeah. He's amazing. But he's taken, so stop it. I, that's what we hear. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like vacations are fun. Like I love going out somewhere, like mm-hmm. having fun with my family, friends. Mm-hmm. But there's that other side of life that you have to live. So I try to like do things that I enjoy mm-hmm. on top of like the hard parts, like studying in school. It's like enjoying something like the baseball has a purpose. It's it's a responsibility and it's a commitment, but it's an enjoyable one. Mm -hmm. And isn't that, that's how work should be. That's how life should be. I mean, there's some things like when you're in college, some of your classes are a drag, getting through some of the things you have to do are a drag, but you know, college is four years. You need to get that stuff done so that you can do what you want to do all day, every day. And of course, work is hard. I mean, you don't want to always get up for work as an adult, but you should enjoy what you do for that period of time. It's a commitment, it's a responsibility, but it's an enjoyable one. And you already seem to get that concept, right? Like with baseball, it's a, it you have I to think, be there, but you enjoy it. I think one thing that we do fairly well as a family is we do a really good job of making like ordinary stuff awesome. <laughs> we do. So we didn't know when Jack was going to get to come home from school. It was based on like how his team performed. They went to finals and not we went, sectionals, we went to our but conference championship. Conference championship. So when he was coming home was based on a win or a loss of a baseball game. And in the midst of the end of his year, we moved into a new house and everything was hinging on like waiting for Jack to get home. Mm-hmm. So we finally got a phone call. They didn't win their championship and he had to come home. His first three nights home, we had the best three nights ever. Mm -hmm. Just chatting and laughing and catching up and played this hilarious internet game on the TV. And another night we sat out on the porch and just chatted. And 
I think we do a really good job of appreciating normal moments mm-hmm. and making the best of making it. just normal into fun. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the holidays or no, no, we go over the top. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great too. Yes, but I think we do we do a pretty good job of understanding that there are things that we love. We love to take vacation. We, we do our best to make celebrations, special occasions, a big deal. I think that on a on a normal, we try to make things as good as they can be. There's things we try to talk to teenagers about, and it really depends on the family too. Mm-hmm. But that sitting and talking to your family and not being on your video game and your social media and your phone and doing all these things when it is time, put it aside. And you know, we're talking to a cool 18 year old kid. So any other 18-year-old kids who are not sure how to do this, it seems like a normal thing for you. But what do you feel about, like, you seem like you're happy to do it. So I just, I just want, like, advice from him for other kids. How do you make it into something, like, what would you advise other kids your age about that? My mom's always been there for me. So, like, I know for most people. He's going to cry. Well, not most people, but some people don't have the same, like, opportunity I do to have somebody that's always there and always, like, take care for me. Yeah. But to form like a friendship with my mom was probably the best thing I ever had because it's always like one person you can talk to because as a teenage boy, there are things like I don't want to talk to my friends about just because guys are guys. Yeah. If like, you know something about your friend, you're going to make fun of them for it just because that's that's, the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So if there's something bothering me at school or like I've, (laughs) it's kind of funny. I get like back pain because Mm -hmm. of pitching. Okay. And I'm always in the middle of the night text my mom, like, hey, my back hurts. Like, mm-hmm. what can I do to, like, yeah. help my back? Because she's a nurse. So I kind of just think, yeah. Or, like, mm-hmm. if I cut myself up shaving, I'm like, mom, like, my face won't stop bleeding. And some people just don't have that. And I feel like they're not scared to go to their parents about stuff. But I feel like once you start developing that relationship with your parents, yeah. you're able to have that comfortability. Yeah. There's no, like, wall. Some people feel Mm -hmm. a wall. And maybe, I've heard a lot of parents, like, they want their kid to come to them or talk to them. Or sometimes they're surprised. Oh, I didn't know that was happening. But I I think the parent should keep that friendship Mm -hmm. aspect in mind and kind of create that. Like, don't treat your kid like they're a nuisance or they're a pain. Or Mm -hmm. treat your kid like they're this important person. How did you do it? Well, I think, truly, honestly... Everything that happens to you from the time you're 10 years old, and, and I've said this to Molly and Jack, from the time you're like 10 until you're 20, almost everything that happens to you is weird, uncomfortable, and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just life. The, the physical changes, the emotional changes, the mental changes, the dynamic of friends, the school element, your parents' element, all the extrinsic factors But now all the social media stuff, it's all difficult. And I have tried really, really hard to always talk to them about the uncomfortable and embarrassing. I mean, it's always, I I talk to him about things that he doesn't want to talk about. But then when the time comes that something happens and he doesn't know where to go with it, he knows I'm not going to be bothered by it. I will talk about anything with him. The wall isn't there. There's nothing there. I want him to know every single day of his life when he wakes up and when he goes to bed, no matter what happens to him, no matter how embarrassing it is, no matter how much he doesn't want to tell me, no matter who it involves, 
he can tell me and I'm going to find a way to help him or mm-hmm. talk him through it or try to figure it out or at least just be a sounding board for him to get it off his chest. And right. I tried to do the very same thing with Molly. There are so many things that happen to teenagers that are awful that you don't necessarily want to share with your parents, but every kid, every teenager, every young adult needs to know that they have someone that they can go to that's going to help them navigate through it. And yeah, I mean, he'll tell you, t- there are tons of times where he tells me stuff where I'm an, like, I'm mad. I'm not yeah. happy about it. Yeah, happy, but, but from the time he was a little kid, I would say, I am mad at you, but I love you and I'm going to help you. And everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Even moms make mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. I think too, that's something that I, I try to always do with Molly and Jack. Moms come home. You have a bad day. Mm-hmm. You have a stressful day. You're mad at everybody on the planet except your kids. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens? You yell at them about something dumb, uh, about something that you just can't handle in the moment, about something that just pushes you over the edge. And I've done that. Of course I've done that. Every mom has done that. But I always try to go back and say, it wasn't you. It was mm-hmm. me. I'm sorry. I had a bad day. You didn't do anything wrong. It's because all on me. Because you have that relationship, I'm sure. Yes. Like, Jack was there. You could kind of understand, too, right? It's like when you live with someone, that's a person who's there and kind of mm-hmm. ends up taking the brunt of that person's bad day. Like, yep. as a person, and you probably don't want to see your... Like, how, how do you... You tell me. If she did come home and was, like, having a bad day as a teenager <laughs> and seeing that with your mom, were you, like, mad, sad, or just, like, oh, mom's having a bad day with me? Kind of, I mean, it probably changed over the course of years. Like 12 year old you didn't handle it the same way as 18 year old you. There's times where she comes home and I can like just tell she's upset. Mm-hmm. So then I either go up to her and like, hey, is there something around the house you need me to do? Like, oh. just like <laughs> try and get stuff done <laughs> yeah. while kind of staying out of her way. Yeah. Without causing, because there's times where I like leave cups out or something and she comes home from a bad day and she's like, why are the cups out? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just. I'm like, well, there's the one thing I did. Right, and right, yeah. Like no, she's, yeah. She usually apologizes. Like, if there's something that happens and she does yell at us about it, and it's not, like, especially our fault, she usually comes and apologizes and says, like, hey, I, I'm having a bad day. And I feel like that also helps with, like, the relationship. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if she does yell at me, like, I know she's still not, she doesn't hate me, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's not a, a yeah. you thing. And, and that is, sometimes... When it is a team, taking one for the team, like someone's going to bear the brunt of this emotion. Well, too, I think it's important for kids to understand. And as they're growing into young adults, it is a really, really important part of life. Not everything is awesome all the time. Yeah. You can love someone. I love my kids more than anything on the planet Mm -hmm. and I can still be mad at them. Yeah. And it will never change how much I love them, my willingness to help them, my ability to do anything under the sun to do what I need to do for them. And I think that when you actually live that and live, I am so mad at you today, but I am still climbing into bed with you to cuddle you goodnight yeah. or like, I'm still going to make you a snack and I'm still, mm-hmm. it is okay. It is normal to be upset with someone for something they've done and it doesn't change how you feel about them. And the parents who want to shield their kids and make it rainbows and butterflies, you're not helping anyone. You're not doing anyone any favors. Like, no. Love is reality. Right. 
and this is the world we live in. Let's get through this world that we live in together. It's not mm -hmm. easy. And like you said, sometimes just being a soundboard too, like mm -hmm. that. I want to just comment on that because sometimes that's all you need. You don't need a solution. You just need an ear. Right. And what better ear than your mom? Your mom. If there were anything, anything in the entire world that I wanted both of my kids, if I were to be gone tomorrow and both of my kids walked away, the one thing that I would want them to know is, you know what? There were days where our mom was mad or there were days, whatever, but every single day of our life, the one person that we could count on, no matter what it was, was our mom. And I think that both of them know they are totally number one priority. They know that even if I'm crabby, even if I'm like spitting and sputtering, even if I'm tired, no matter what it is, like I'm showing up, I'm showing up, I'm going to be there and I'm going to do what you need me to do. And I think that's also, both of my kids are extremely loyal, thoughtful, loving people. And I feel like that comes from a constant of showing up. Jack is probably the most thoughtful 18 year old young man in the world. He has this awesome ability, especially with like young women. And I think it had a lot to do with growing up with a big sister and having to deal with like the emotions, the dynamic, whatever. But he is extremely thoughtful and mindful.